Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Flame On. I am Brian the Bear. I am here with my motley crew of assorted compatriots. Slightly different lineup this week. We will introduce them all. Going around the table, we have uh, our special guest, Adam. Hi. Glad to be here. Adam has been so gracious to join us. Now we have Jared looking at me all cross-eyed. Curious. Curious. Uh, we have my brother, Jeff. How's it going? And of course, Pat is in the back here behind me. What's going on? Eric, of course, as you, well, Eric and Oral, but Eric and Oral are not here tonight. Eric will be not joining us as often. He has decided to move out of the Orlando area where we are based. So we will be Skyping him in. We wish him well. We do wish him well. He's going on to much bigger and better things, uh, than working at a comic shop. However, uh, speaking of that, Oral is now taking his position and will, uh, pro- possibly be also very busy. So we're going to try to work around their schedules and, and get them back on as, as often as we can. But, uh. If you're looking to buy a house in the <clears throat> Tampa area. Yeah. Sarasota. Sarasota. Sort of one of those. Yeah. Eric's going to be some real, realty stuff. But no, um, no one is leaving. Uh, we're just going to try to work around their schedules. Oh, hey, since we're talking about people that won't be on the show any longer, how's Joshua doing? Joshua? Um, I just posted something on his Facebook the other day. For those of you who don't know, our longtime listeners will know that Joshua, aka The Question, now the, uh, was it, uh, chief comics editor, editor at, at IGN. IGN, he posted something the other day. And I know he's, he's posted doing well. He posted something today, too. Yeah. yeah. He posts, like, fun little things. It's, it's good. I'm glad. I'm proud of him. Um, and he's, yeah, he'll be back on sometime. I'll, I'll, I'll rope him into it at some point. All right. We want to jump into some TV stuff. We have a lot of shows that we're very excited <laughs> about. We have a lot of movies we want to talk about, although more speculative. But we'll start with TV this week because I'm a little mad at, uh, RuPaul. 
<laughs> or, or more specifically, the drag race. Okay, for somebody who doesn't isn't really up to this season, why don't you tell me more about why you're so upset? I, I love that you asked me that, Jared. That's very nice. <laughs> <of you. Thank laughs> also, didn't they recently come to town? In fact, we'll talk about that as well. <laughs> yeah, but that's be sure right. you do. Starting with the show itself, which uh, we record on Monday, so it will air later tonight. Uh, the last two eliminations have been um, two of my favorite queens on this season. Uh, that doesn't sound very objective. N- well, no, but I do believe that both in both cases the eliminations were wrong. Not just because they're my favorite, but because I do think objectively, definitely in one case and and pretty likely in the other case, they did a better job in the lip sync. Now, of course, we only see the edit, and there are other factors going into it. I think so. Absolutely. Yeah, it's and it's reality programming. The bigger they can stir the pot. The more people they get to tune in. Exactly. Yeah. I think that has a lot to do with it. So uh, there will be spoilers just to warn our audience. If you uh, don't mind being spoiled, uh, then keep listening. If you do, may you want to come back. Just show up a little bit later yeah. in the podcast. We'll, we'll, we'll be here. You know, we'll just, just, you know, just go to the go bathroom, away. make a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. That works. Give us three or four minutes. Listen in. Oh, still talking about drag queens. I'll be back. <laughs> so what did you think? The... The controversy thing in reality TV, I understand and I get, and it's been a big thing that every season has kind of had its share of some sort of outrageous elimination. I mean, scandalous. Ben de la Creme last year. Shocking. Twice. I mean, at the point where yeah. it was like, damn it. Oh, thank God she's saved. She's like a red shirt. Damn it. <laughs> now she's really gone. Although at least she was saved before she came here and we met her the first time around, so. At least felt better the first time meeting her and going, okay, you're still on the show. All right, fine. Two weeks later, you get kicked off again, but hey, whatever. Well, but then in typical reality show, show fashion, they shoot the whole season before. Oh, yeah. So she couldn't just say. No. Oh, of course not. Yeah. No, no, no. Just no. Had to that, keep that good smile on her face. Yeah, it's still on there. Yep. That was the thing. It was like she talked a little bit because um, I got to chat with her for, for a few between uh, the first and the second show that night. And she was like, oh, yeah, it was so. it was just so scary and my heart was in my throat and blah 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 and it's like i know that you know what's going to happen i know that you either know that you stayed on and went to the top three or you got kicked off and you know it could be any day now um but this season it seems like everything has happened way too early like it was a very slow start very slow start queens are just not not what they were in the past seasons from a right off the bat value like last season, you had standout personalities right from the beginning that you just were like, oh my God, I love this queen. This time around, they were a little slow out the gate. But the ones that I really thought had really strong personalities and really well-defined and were funny, the last two were eliminated. They got rid of uh, Trixie and then they got rid of Kasha, Mrs. Kasha Davis. Both had really good personalities and were funny and... I don't know. <laughs> Not the first two episodes. I didn't love Trixie until she came out looking like Jesus. Oh, well, when Trixie that's... came out looking like goddamn Jesus on the side of a candle. What a sentence! With her, <laughs> with goddamn her, Jesus, with her big ass eyelashes and makeup, and the fact that the queens were all like, "You've never looked prettier." Giant fucking beard, big like crown of thorns thing. It was, um, it was amazing. But that was where she kind of started to at least have some personality. Then she went through. Was it? One more episode? I think so. And then she got and she got eliminated. She was the fourth one kicked off. She didn't even break the top ten. No. And the fact that there's so much backlash. This is Kasha Davis hasn't had the same backlash. I mean, for the fact that there's a hashtag justice for Trixie trending, mm-hmm. you know, that really kind of shows that there was at least a lot of popular support out there in the short time that Trixie was on the show. 
But well, I think especially is when Trixie lost, she lost to someone who even the storyline, like the producers were showing Pearl as this kind of laconic, sort of millennial, doesn't really care, just kind of eh, whatever. I mean, that's the storyline they're showing. The so that half-ass performance. And, yeah, that yeah. Trixie lost to that is even more egregious to me. It but, felt like RuPaul made the call. Is at least I'm not that into the show. I'm not as right. experienced with it, but I watched it and had the same reaction. Yeah, yeah. I think when it comes down to it, it's more a matter of um, it's RuPaul has this kind of mindset of okay, these are the queens that I see the most potential in, and I think are going to go the furthest. And unless they do something really, really crazy to fuck it up. Because honestly, had Max and Pearl not been funny during the roast, Pearl would have gone home. Pearl, after that exchange in the workroom, which Pandora Box cited as the most awkward moment on RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> ever, seven seasons in, and I swear to God, I think everybody that watched was like, yep. Yeah. Those of you who didn't see it, basically, was like, um, you need to step up. Uh, you are... You're, you have no personality, or she reiterated the the comment she made before, and well, she said that she had. She said Max had a big personality, and Pearl not so much. And then Pearl basically was like, kind of gave her some sass. She was like, "Well, you just said I have no personality. That doesn't make me feel good or motivated." <laughs> RuPaul's like, "Well, I did that to light a fire under your ass," and Pearl's like. <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> nobody can see your eyes shifting back and forth as you're saying this. I figured the dramatic pauses were enough. <laughs> see the camera over here. Catch my meaning. So I don't know. I, I, I have not agreed with the last two now. We'll see what happens tonight. But I'm waiting for Snatch Game, God damn it. I know. We are late on Snatch Game. <laughs> I did hear that Trixie Mattel tore it up in Austin last night or the night before. It was performing at uh, Oil Can Harry's and did fantastic. Like Saw that all over social media today. Nice. So well, good we're, for her. We're very thrilled with her Princess Peach look, and we're yeah. hoping <laughs> hoping to get her on possibly in the future on Dragon's New Spandex, okay. and that is a fantastic look. And she's going to be here for White Party on April seventeenth at the Parliament House. Woo! So I am. I would not. I would not doubt it if we see the long white ball gown with her face painted on it as one of the outfits for. Either the ten o'clock show or the twelve o'clock show for White Party, and I, I want to. I've been in touch with her, uh, her manager. I really want to be like, can you have her bring the Princess Peach crown when she comes here? <laughs> I don't care about the outfit. I don't care if she's going to do the do a number but as Princess Peach. The crown. I just want to wear the crown. <laughs> so speaking of her performances, uh, we had the RuPaul live this week, right? In fact, yes, the Battle of the Seasons is what they call it. Uh, Pat and I got to go. We uh, got. Nice balcony seats with all the other old people. Because we old. It was delightful. That explains why I saw Adore Delano and Jinx Monsoon on Grinder when I was at work. Really? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, what's even funnier is... On Grinder at work, he says. They, <laughs> no. <laughs> he works for the state. Oh, no. Um, but no, what's even funnier is Michelle Visage is on Grinder and Scruff. Interesting. Just as a promotional or just to talk with people or whatever. Okay. Yeah. I, I may have talked to Michelle Visage on, on Scroll. <laughs> did you? I may have. Because I, yeah. I woofed you, at her and that was about it. Well, okay. Did, yeah, did you, you guys swap dick pics? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny part was when she said um, during her, her opening monologue, she's like, Yes, that is me on your grinder and scruff. And she's like, Do not send me pictures of you in drag and tell you and tell me to judge you. Audition for the show and then we'll do that. She's like, just send me a dick pic. I'll judge that. 
she was probably one of the better parts of the show because you don't get to see a lot of her on the main RuPaul Drag Race. She is in many other things that comes out of World of Wonder. So if you listen to the podcast or if you watch the uh, what's her thing after they what you packing what you pack and like she's around, but you don't get that sense of who she is as much. And you know this is a live show, so you don't get a lot of in-depth stuff. But she's a very good entertainer. I didn't realize she had a musical theater background. Unless you actually followed her career and watched her on the RuPaul show in the nineties, listen to her that. on on uh, KTU. Shit, I forget which. Did she have a radio show on that? Yeah, oh. she was on the radio. Okay. She and RuPaul had a radio show as well. There you go. They have a long and storied history. She has a song on the number one selling soundtrack of all time. I see. I didn't know that either. But I know she had a <gasps> big song. I, I, I don't know. She's only mentioned it like at least once or twice a season. Yeah, but she was really entertaining. And so it was a basically what, six queens, I think, total. We had seven queens seven. for this leg of the tour. We had Detox, Alaska, Jinx, Sharon, Adore, Ivy, and Bianca. So each one got to do their own little, you know, signature thing. I mean, obviously Bianca did some comedy. Uh, uh, Adore sang, Jinx sang, and did her vaudeville. Um, they did a snatch game, which was Magical. very funny. Magical. But I'll tell you who stole the show to me, and that's Ivy Winters. Ivy Winters. Ivy Winters. She is one hell of a performer. Not just a good drag queen. That's a given. <laughs> but she is a stilt walker. I, I, at Parliament, she what, sw- swallowed fire. She didn't yeah. do that on the show, on the live show. But she did really ridiculously quick costume changes like what seven in a song yeah there was probably it had to be about seven seven costume changes she's a circus queen so that's her background right say she's she sounds like she's coming from an experienced oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah but that had so much i think she came out she alaska opened the show did her her new single hi i love alaska by the way i think she's amazing um uh, uh, amazing. <laughs> and then ivy came out and the uh, the opening chords to my strongest suit from Aida played, and I was like, "Oh my god, Aida, awesome!" And she's out in this like cape and with this big like back thing around her her head, and the guy is out on the stage with her, like, and he's just standing there motionless with a measuring tape up to her. Shows the opening bit to it, and then the music really kicks on, and she starts going, and she walks behind this curtain that they brought out on the stage, and literally just walks behind it and continues walking out, different outfit on. Starts going through, uh, pulls up a hoop, um, like this, like Jasmine Masters cocoon in the first episode of the season. <laughs> you know, her tearaway cocoon. Mm-hmm. She pulls that up. That was the only time she, she got stuck and she had, it was a, it was a little bit longer on the quick change, but I mean, granted, it was, it was still, still fantastic. Really fast, yeah. And then we get to the end. At, oh, no, I'm sorry. Before there's a musical break in the middle of the song. Oh, yeah. Because oh. during the show, in Aida, they do like a fashion show to during my strongest suit. So they kill the light. She's in this like two piece fringy dress bikini type thing. The shit's glow in the dark. And then she busts out light up bowling pins and oh. proceeds to juggle in the dark with I, this glowing dress and these light up bowling pins. I would nice. chill for a set of those. Those are amazing. And it just it was so impressive. Like it just so not what you expect to see at a drag show, you know? And then there was black magic. Voodoo, I tell you. I have to be like oral for this part of it. <laughs> it was goddamn black magic. She goes over and the, for the last quick change of the number. There is a hula hoop with long strips of fringe. Like shiny fringe type stuff. And it's so you can see through it. It's not a solid one like the cocoon. She pulls it up. She has it under her arms. 
and she's lip syncing the, the the last you know towards the end of the song and then starts shaking it so the fringe starts going back and forth you can still see through it she's shaking shaking her red dress turns black <laughs> hands on hula hoop shaking shaking bam different color dress your clothes are red no, they are black. Oh, my God. I love you, Jared. That's a great, great reference. I'm a magician. Oh. Um, so, yeah, Ivy killed it. And Alaska was hilarious. Bianca was actually uh, one of our friends who went to the show. Jay thought she's funnier during this than she was in her own show. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is because she had people to rag on. Oh, yeah. She had other people there. When she does her one woman stand up show, she's telling her life story basically through through all of this. So she's kind of pigeonholed into what she's talking about with this she's got she can crack fun at jinx monsoon and you know her no one, safe. no one was safe and you know it's like sharon is gonna come out and sing another song hooray said <laughs> no one ever like you know shit like that she's able to just kind of poke fun at other all the other queens which gave her a bit more material she did some of the stuff that she did in her own show but you know it, it definitely gave her a, a bit more i really the only performer who I could have cared less to hear anymore would have been Sharon. Because her new song is like, what, Dracula? It's like yeah. just exactly what you think it'll be. And it's just so uninspired and just meh. And what's weird is, even though she did participate in the Snatch Game, she's an amazing um, uh, Joan Rivers. She's amazing. And I had forgotten she did that. But there's a group number at the end, and mysteriously, she was not there for it. And I don't know if that's because she got too drunk and couldn't make it, or that's just like that she just won't. She had a hop in her hearse. It was due back at the dealer. Her in her in her uh, coffin in yes. the hearse. Yeah. Ugh. So anyway, other than that, Jinx was phenomenal. I mean, Jinx did stuff we heard before. Uh, she did the parody of the Ladies Who Lunch, and she did the. Uh, uh, Debbie from Adam's Family Values. What about Debbie? What about me? It was good. Um, so RuPaul Drag Race, uh, Battle of the Seasons, it's going to Europe now, but if you do have a chance to catch it, you should definitely watch it. Um, and, and before we move on, yep. can I just say I happen to end up at a certain nightlife establishment where a few of these queens may have happened to show up after the show, and I may have done a karaoke song and had Adore Delano Detox and Bianca Del Rio backup dance for me. Best night of my life. Bucket list moment. It was. I didn't know it was on my bucket list till it was on and then checked off all at the same time. And I do want to mention, uh, again, if you go back in this feed, we did, uh, Pat Norrell did the interview with Detox. Yes. She couldn't have been better and awesome. She, her performance as the mannequin to, um, whatever that song is. Oh my God. Never, Starship. Never, it's yeah. Starship. Um, nothing's going to stop us now. Epic. Cause she only does the female part, the gray slick part, and she stops. At other part as the mannequin, it's it's great, and then goes right into "Too Funky" by George Michael. Yeah, and the, those guards were not ready for her. Oh no! Because then Ooh. she decides to get off the stage, and there's a little barricade and a little walkway for them. Bitch hops up onto the fence, throws a leg over onto somebody's shoulder, and then hops over. And the guard, like the guards, were not there at first, and then they were like, "And we're gonna come over here and make sure you don't fall off of this dude." It was kind of hilarious, and she made her way all the way into the crowd. It was she had a great time. All right, so RuPaul's Drag Race. We'll see who gets kicked off tonight, uh, and, and hopefully we'll have some more uh, uh, Dragons New Hispanics in the near future. Now, let's talk uh, Geeky TV. There's lots of good shows right now. There are. They're sort of winding down, some quicker than others. Well, we're kind of coming up on the end of the major season. Yeah, and then that'll be fun because we have things like Daredevil starting. 
One show, if you haven't watched it yet, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It's on Netflix. All 13 episodes are on there. Fantastic to watch. You will get a certain song stuck in your head. You don't even have to watch the show. Just know someone who watches it. <laughs> and every time. <laughs> Is that one that was produced by Tina Fey? Yeah. Oh, it's it's uh, 30 Rock. It's okay. just outside the studios of New York. Yeah. Or, well, just with a, with a girl who was kidnapped and held in a bunker for 15 years in Indiana. So it's, a, it's, it's these four women get abducted. Well, one goes willingly, uh, with this cult leader. And then he keeps them in this bunker in Indiana and tells them that on June 6, 2006, the world ended. There was fire and brimstone and they couldn't leave because they would just be walking out into lakes of fire. So we kept them there and they eventually get found and, uh, released by a psychic pig. Psychic pig finds them. And, um, then it's it follows her journeys outside of this Reconnecting bunker. Reconnecting with the world. Yeah, because she kind of feels like they get pigeonholed as the Indiana Mole women and doesn't want to live that life. So she wants to move to a place where nobody's going to know who she is. So they go on the Today Show with Matt Lauer. And after the interview, she kind of has that realization. So she stays in New York and it's... So you're saying it's the TV version of Blast from the Past, the Brendan Fraser movie. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much? Pretty much. Oh, man, that sells itself. So the fact that you've got, like, 1999 and 2000 references everywhere, it's amazing. It's just, it's fantastic. And there's a super gay black man on the show who is just amazing. And he sings a a lovely song about wine. Mm, That I used to love. The wine, that is. Not the song. Um, Anyways. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of it, but it's really funny. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., who's watching this? All right. I'm watching it. And we all caught up? Because let me tell you, this show, it keeps fucking with you about what you think it's going to do. For a while, I was like, okay, they're going to go off and fight Hydra. Nope, we finished with that for now. Then they're going to do the Inhumans thing, and they're still doing it, but it certainly didn't take the trajectory I ever thought it would. It's a slow burn. It's very slow. But then throwing in this rogue group of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents led by... Are they rogue, or are they the real S.H.I.E.L.D.? Well, that you know, that's the, right. the question. S.H.I.E.L.D. Civil War going on. Kinda, yeah. They got Commander Adama. Oh my God! Reset the clock. Can I just just sit there? Mission one throughout the shield. (laughs) I love uh, James almost. Like I got Mr. Edward James almost. Mr. Edward, I I got to see him once in person, and the man is a crazy. Oh, did you see Candlelight when you did that? I did see that once, and I think he even did so say we all. But I actually he did. I think so. Oh my God! He did it like the very first time. It was right after Battlestar was ending. But then he was at Rollins. He did a little talk and. He's kind of crazy, but he's an awesome crazy. And he's got the most gravitas, I think, of any other actor, except maybe Sam, uh, Shepard. Uh, Sam Elliott? Sam Elliott, yeah, yeah. Like, maybe that there, but he has a different kind of gravitas altogether. Yeah. Southern, easy, genteel. Anyway, so, uh, this show's great, and, uh, Miss Bobby Morse, even though she's on maybe the wrong side of the whole, uh, Civil War, every time she brings out those sticks, and dances and fights and does her badass mockingbird stuff. I'm does just, her backflip through a glass window? Uh, you know, she's amazing to walk out of a room. I'm, That's one way to do it. She's amazing. I just I love her death. I also like seeing Kirk Acevedo, Acevedo from yeah French. from French and Twelve Monkeys. He's yeah. actually one of the main characters in that. And like every time he shows up, he's just got that gravelly voice. But he does this. That's the thing. My only complaint character. about Kirk. He does the same character, yeah. and you know as soon as he shows up, he's on a ticking clock before he gets killed or maimed or something. You know, 12 Monkeys, he's lasted almost, I think he'll probably make it all the way to the end. Wow. I mean, he's a big part of the show. But, um, yeah, no. And the Sky thing, like, you know, okay, great. She's Quake. She's got these powers. That's awesome. 
they're exploring what it means to be an inhuman. That's cool. I've heard they just introduced in just a complete throwaway thing, Gordon, in the, the reader in Marvel comics. It, it, well, is is oh oh that's right because they were thinking it was the reader, and then they, when he said his name, and then they yeah this recently they introduced him. Some like they did a little window to a parallel universe, and he was just sitting by a campfire with somebody else, and then mm. he's like, no, I'm gonna stay here, and that was it. So he crossed into the comics. Basically, yeah, they okay. they did there except. If that's all they do, it'd be much better than the way they shoehorn Coulson in there. Right. Wait, Coulson? Yeah, you remember that that uh, Nick Fury Jr. miniseries that they did? But yeah, that was, was really bad because they shoehorned Nick Fury Jr. in. Right, but his his partner Cheese at the end of it, he calls him Coulson. Oh, uh, is that happened? I didn't realize that. Yeah, and uh. that's how they introduced Coulson to the Marvel Universe. That's less egregious because he's a new character. It's the the uh, the Nick the Fury retconning. Jr. thing is what kills me and just makes me sad. But yeah. Like, It'll all be fixed in Secret Wars. So, um, what else? Everybody's like Shield though. Well, talking about Agents of Shield, uh, Agent Carter is currently up at the it's USA the Today, yeah, like vote to save your favorite mm-hmm. show thing. I saw that all over Twitter today. Save, save Agent Carter, save Agent Carter. I honestly don't know if I want it saved because it was a good show by itself, and even though I don't know the ending was that satisfying, it kind of just stopped. I think I'd rather them do different corners of the Marvel Universe as that second show, as opposed to giving Agent Carter another whatever. But I don't know. I'd be okay if it came back, because I love period Marvel. Like, that's still cool. But I don't know. I don't know. I've kind of been that boat. Like, if they did an anthology summer filler show, where it was every time that they come back, it would be a a different storyline of some other... And it could all be something that, you know... That's relevant to the overall storyline they're trying to do. So, you know, just as a complete throwaway example, they could say, peek in on some other hero over yeah. here that deals with the fallout from the second Avengers movie. I and mean, that's the other thing is Agent Carter was so like orthogonal to what they were doing in S.H.I.E.L.D. that I wish there had been a little more crossover. Yeah. But I instead know. of just the hinting of the Black Widow program. Yeah, and that was which was very hinting. I still I, think we're going to see more of it in Age of Ultron just because of the fact that she's in the movie. Yeah. Yep. Right. There's going to be, you know, I think they will do a better job kind of showing why it was there in the first place. Yes, it did tie into some of the stuff with S.H.I.E.L.D., but it really didn't even tie into current uh, yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. It was more for Captain America, you know, the first Avenger. It was more for uh, the original Avengers movie. So it, I think it's going to end up being more integral to Age of Ultron than we think right now. I hope so. I mean, I'd like that. I do remember reading that the Marvel master plan included like four or five miniseries on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. that's the first so, one's Daredevil, which so comes we'll out this Friday. Oh, wow. And actually, this will air after the first. Well, actually, the whole season's been released. So at some point in the future, when we've had time to watch all twelve episodes, <laughs> I mean, get a couple of uh, a couple of cases of beer and do Let's a binge it. watch on a weekend. Beer weekend sounds right. Yeah, maybe we'll have to do that. I don't know. I'm very excited about that. I'm I, I'm everything I've heard as a, like a release, like a pre-release, is very positive. Here's an idea: could do that, or at least to some extent, and do like little twenty-minute microsodes between for each one, for each one, just a quick review. Well, so uh, another show that's just as geeky and comic book based, The Flash. Oh my god, it's getting so much better. I was a little excited when they, so the last episode we saw, they had the big Harrison Wells reveal and kind of confirmed everything we already knew. Except that when they did the twist, um, where they showed the other actor playing, mm-hmm. uh, Eobard, like I was like, oh, so wait. Is this going to be a thing where Harrison Wells is co-opting this guy's plan, or is this going to be a thing? No, it's the fringe. I'm going to make. I'm going to turn myself into you. you. I'm going to plug my 
my little alligator clips into your under your nipples and suck all the life out of you into suck your DNA. I was like, oh, that's no, oh, I don't know. I don't know. That was a little kind of not. There goes our PG thing. rating. <laughs> what sucking DNA? <laughs> we had a PG rating. No. No, we've been on an NC-17 since, like, episode two. Hooray! Goodbye, pants. Oh, <laughs> nice. Um, um, pants the, off podcast. The producers have talked about it, though. They said, like, they still, you still haven't seen the last of that former universe that they went to where What's-His-Name got really? killed. And they're going to be, there's going to be certain universe bleed-ins that are still being felt. They showed a scene from, what's the, in the previews of, uh... Of Harrison confronting uh, Rico, right? So I mean, yeah, they're and uh, what the else? Oh, they talked about like uh, Killer Frost might be coming a lot sooner than you thought. That surprises me. Yeah, she uh, she mentioned that at the WonderCon panel that they did. Like they teased some of the villains, which I think is more for season two. It's not so much for this season, right? But they they were talking about what could be coming up and the villains they could be seeing, and she did mention that Killer Frost could be coming uh, coming sooner. I'm still I'm still kind of curious to see what they do with that now that third show. That's going to be like the team up catch all with uh, Rory as Rip Hunter. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I I, I don't know what they're going to do with that. They suppose there's going to be a character that floats between all the different shows in this this sort of little pocket universe of DC. Well, and they said that just because these characters like Roy Palmer, the Atom, is on this team up show doesn't mean that he won't go back over to Flash or Arrow, right. and they're they'll all be making appearances and which I love. And then it's going to be like this will be better than the stupid movie thing they're doing, and everyone will be like, um. More of this, less of that. Yeah, I hope. Well, and that, none of that's official yet. That's true. that's pretty much all kind of it's out there. Well, they want to do a pilot, but it then there's a Supergirl been. show too, which people don't know if that's going to cross over or not. You know, God. the only thing, the only good thing about that, there's two good things about that, and it's their their legacy stunt casting. Dean Kane will be on the show. Yeah, and they're they're shooting the Daily Planet stuff at the original Lois and Clark yes, studio. That's that was my number. That was the second thing. That's yeah, cool. I love Lois and Clark. So I mean, you go with that though. Arrow, the sh- the the stage they use, the the house they use for uh, the Queen residence is the old Lex Luthor house from Smallville. Oh, I didn't know that. And it's a very common uh, Hollywood mansion. The, it's been in a bunch of shows. Yeah, but those two especially. Well, I love the Flash. I think it's probably one of my favorite comic book adaptation shows recently. So. More of it they do, the better. Not to besmirch anything else, but yeah, I mean, sometimes we look at the competition. Gotham? I don't know. Actually, I think the last Gotham I saw was before our last recording, because they've been on a little bit of a hiatus, I guess, weather-related hiatus. So I don't know. We'll see how Uh, well that ends. I think we've got through uh, before the last one. It's been on break for for a while. Like over a month. So. Um, what about, uh, I don't watch Arrow. Does anybody else watch Arrow? Yeah. They're doing the whole Ra's al Ghul thing. The big twist now is... No, Raish. They talked about that. Oh, did they? Basically, they said that everybody in the League of Assassins calls him Raish. Okay. Everybody outside of it that's the layperson calls him Raz. Interesting. But they, they talked about how they had to justify it because in the comic books, they pronounce it Raish, but then all those Christopher Nolan movies kept saying Raz. So now they had to find a way to meet in the middle. Interesting. And mix That they're even in. bothering to address this is kind yeah. of hilarious. I know. But, you know. And, and we did note he just said Raz, not Raish, so we're okay right now. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not, not in the League of Assassins. I can't, I can't say it like that. <laughs> Although that's, that's a big point for the Arrow trailer, because they did the big, like, rest of the series trailers for both The Flash and for Arrow. Yeah. And one of the things that they, I think it's in the, the Arrow one. I've been reading a couple of things over the course of the day. Um, they just all tend to bleed together. Um, but it shows Arrow in the League Holy of Assassins hood. attire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what's what's curious though when I saw that initial trailer because it played at the end of a Flash episode, I was like, you know, I wonder if they'll do a him jumping to the future 
like he jumps to the future for his current standing, and in that future, Oliver is now full on in the League of Assassins. Oh, like a time jump. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, it, it could be because they said that. I mean, the time travel obviously take, plays a big portion for the Flash, but I yeah. wonder if they'll save a oh I see a time jump for the future at some point before the end of the season. Gotcha. Hmm. But they still got a lot. They still got Gorilla Grodd to show up. They got uh, more of the Reverse Flash to oh, be revealed. The Rogues. Oh, I love the Rogues. I'm Wentworth so s- Miller doing oh, his Wentworth Captain Miller. Cold thing. They do such though a good job capturing the voice of the Rogues, like across the board. I'm so happy. Even the Trickster, which I assume the Mark Hamill Trickster will go away, but if they do have the Trickster on the Rogues, it'll be the young guy. I thought he was awesome. It was like a, the, the Trickster stuff with Mark Hamill and him were, was great. Yeah, I was, really loved that. Especially the uh, the I'm your father bit. Oh, that was ridiculously awful. Don't I, even know. No, that no. was just that so was just geek. I was like that was like them reaching through the TV and just trying to jerk you off. Fan service so I and and it's like you know great. A lot of people probably won't get it, but the ones that do, yeah. It's all the ones watching this show and loving it for all the right reasons got it. Probably yeah. yeah. Well, then you have all the knots to all the previous Flash history. Yeah. yeah. You know the oh twenty years ago we had the guy the. You know, did all this, and they show the stills from the actual show of Mark Hamill wearing the the, the outfit. outfit, yeah. You know, and having uh, what's his name involved with them also, and uh, being taken prisoner. Yeah, it was kind of before they showed why they kidnapped him. It was like that's an odd choice just to grab that one guy out of the prison. Like, yeah. oh, well, it's good to have a cop's father as a hostage. Yeah, they they made they made it make sense. I wonder if yeah. they're gonna ever bring Jake Garrick on because if they do things like they show the history of the the area and they do that, they could bring well, in at the WonderCon. They they mentioned because somebody asked if they're ever gonna show uh, Wally, Wally West, yeah. and they said that that's definitely in the cards to do Wally. Makes sense, uh, and and you know it'll fit with the current comic continuity where he's a half. African American, I think. He's African American. He's African American. Yes. That's that's what we just heard, right? <laughs> I said half African American. No, you said African American. There was a stop there. There was no stop. Can it I was coin African. that term? Is that, is that a good term? It's no. a flame on original. African American. Oral's gonna kill. You're me. just lucky. Oral's not. <laughs> Fucking pittered <laughs> racism. <laughs> no. All right. So um, two two last things about Arrow. One, I love the fact that the um, producers actually admitted to fucking up continuity. Yep. On Tumblr, um, because they had one of the characters got electrocuted and then got blasted off screen. But it was the fight between Arrow and the Atom. And the first thing the Atom does when he shows up is just n- annihilates uh, Roy mm-hmm. with a big old blast. Uh-huh. Uh, and then they, Arrow and uh, Ray Palmer finish their fight. And then Arrow just kind of walks off, <laughs> doesn't check on Roy, doesn't make sure he just leaves. And then the next, we didn't, they didn't show uh, Roy the rest of the episode. Oh. So people uh, watching the show, I was like, is he okay? Did, did he die? Can someone check with his mama? Is he so, okay? So they took, so fans took to Tumblr and they, they, uh, they Justice. messaged him and were like, so is Roy dead? Is he okay? And pretty much the, the best answer was, yeah, we fucked up. Yeah. That, that was his direct quote. Yeah, we fucked up. Oops. He's fine. And then with the League of Assassins thing, there was another article on, um, I think it was CBR, and it was, um, can Oliver ever be the Arrow again? Because now his identity has been exposed. But in that Matt Murdock Daredevil kind of way. Because well, by the end of the episode, Roy comes forward. As, as they got him in the police van, escorting him to Iron Heights to lock him away, uh, Roy shows up in the Arrow costume and then... Turns himself in. Oh, says, that I'm old chestnut. Yeah. Oh, oh, I love those moments when so, Superman and Batman used to do that for each other. Oh, I well, I wonder it. if they'll do that whole thing then. Like going forward, everybody just kind of knows 
Well, he so is. They, one of the other things is that possibly because of um, Oliver in the League of Assassins attire, maybe that Ra's al Ghul has something to do with changing that part of, of history or time to make it so that way people don't know if if Oliver ends up becoming part of the League of Assassins. So that's just one of those pieces of speculation that kind of went out today that they might happen. The, they use the Spider-Man technology, magic, and everything else to erase the world from knowing Great. his identity. You got a Mephisto involved in that. So um, we will talk about Justified in a later episode. Somebody up. has to get caught up. But let me just tell you, if you love Justified, that show is getting crazier and crazier. And yet it's winding down. It's winding down. That was a show that would never wind down. It would go out with a bang. Well, it is going out with a bang, but the fact that they're killing off major characters that you know. Shut up! Just, <laughs> I won't tell you who. The showrunner so, was on NPR and... Graham Yost, I think. Mm, and uh, I don't even remember who, which, which host was interviewing, but mm. basically took him to task saying, you're not just going to give us an unsatisfactory Sopranos-type ending, are you? And he's like... We've learned. Ah. You'll be happy. Aww. So trust. Put your trust I, will in you, it. Will you be happy or will you at least have a definitive answer? <laughs> I don't know about happy, but satisfied. Because there's one for. beat in there that you you go, oh, well, that's different. I wouldn't have thought of that. And it kind of gives the major characters and sort of an out or at least one of them. Mm-hmm. But the they've already veered. If it's, it was a if swerve. It's, if it's Walton Coggins, I can guarantee right now that man likes to die at the end of every show he's on. Yeah. And die in the most spectacular way. Well, that could you never, still be happening. You never finished The Shield. or yeah, the No, shield, I didn't the, finish. Oh, I man. I thought he died way before the end of the series, though. No. Oh, like, okay. maybe second or third of last episode. Oh. And he went out like uh, Chris Benoit style. <laughs> Whoa. Took out, took, killed his mother, uh, killed his wife and child, and then killed himself. Oh, terrible. Yeah. That's wow, terrible. you just went Chris Benoit on? Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Oh, it took me a second to remember how Chris Benoit died. Yeah, I was like, is he the one that fell from the raft? No, oh, that was yeah. what's his oh, name. Hard. Well, the sad part is, because uh, it's oh. Ryan Murphy. Yeah. Who, who was, and he admits, Wait, wait, wait. Ryan Murphy? No, not no. Ryan Murphy. No, 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 Sean no. Ryan. Sean Ryan. Sean Ryan. Um, he ended up doing uh, that submarine show for one season. He does Outlander now, I think, oh, yeah, on Stars. Oh, he's doing Outlander? I oh, thought he did Stars. Uh, which just came one. back and is explosive again all over social media. Yeah. Uh, I, I could be completely that. wrong. Or he might be the guy from Battlestar doing that. I'm not sure. Well, no, no. Well, uh, anyway. No, because um, um, he's doing uh, Helix. Um, oh, uh, the producer. Jonathan, no. no, not Jonathan. What am I thinking of? Crap. We used to listen to his stupid podcast about every battle star. Anyway. Ron Moore. <laughs> Ron Moore. Thank you. Uh, anyway, uh, the, the showrunner for The Shield had fully admitted when he wrote hit that character to die, he, it, the Chris Benoit had just happened in the news, and he said, you know, that's, that's just fucked up enough to, to do the same thing. Damn. That's just cold. Yeah. Uh, I'm not watching Mad Men right now, but it just came back, and I need I to catch up and... I love. I should probably watch that show. It's yeah, you'd like it. I think. I tried first five episodes of season one and just didn't. Slow. It's slow. Very slow. I like slow, and that's still too slow for me. I will mention Helix. We we just mentioned it. It is wrapping up as well. They're again kind of taking care of major characters uh, one by one. Uh, But that show is still fucked up. They have not had any more hand job uh, monologues, unfortunately. Have they said it's coming back for season three? No, but they they talk about it being the season finale. Okay, and I think it's been doing pretty well. So they've left themselves a little bit of room. They could do certainly another season, but if they ended it now, it would still be okay, I think. They could wrap it up. But it's just ugh, so messed up. Uh, any other TV shows? All right. It's back to movies. Now, I don't have a whole lot of specific movie reviews, but I will tell you I'm very excited about a couple. 
we're kind of on the cusp of a lot of different movies. Like the summertime is about to start, which means all the big releases are going to start. Yeah, I popping. mean, friggin' Age of Ultron is like first on deck, right? And when is that? This month, May first. May. May, so okay. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of thirty percent off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. May 1st. I can't believe it's already here. Yeah. And there's supposedly a big announcement that, uh, uh, what's his name? McDowell, not McDowell. Um, who plays Iron Man? Robert Downey Jr. Jr. Thank you. Roddy McDowell. Roddy McDowell. <laughs> Fresh off of Planet of the Apes. Yep. Uh, Andy McDowell. She's taking over. Oh, now. her. Ooh. Iron Lady. No, so he's going to make something big announcement. That's Margaret Thatcher. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> she, that'd be fun, though. Yeah. Her own Iron Star. Fun is a word. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. The Iron Lady is now Iron Man. Oh. No, so he's got a big announcement next week, and I, then people are speculating it's going to be something about the vision, or I don't know. When was Sorry. this? Because there was something he had posted on his Facebook page. It's next week that his announcement's going to happen. On like one of the morning talk shows. Oh. I mean, he at this point, even though I know he's keeps jerking him around when every, like their contract renewals come up, he is kind of like their main spokesman. Even after he retires from the acting role, he should probably stay on with just being a Marvel Cinematic He could be universe. the new Stan Lee and just yeah. be wheeled out every now and again for a cameo. Pretty much. He's great, though. I, the, the whole thing he did with the kid with the prosthetic arm yeah. that was printed here in Orlando, I think, the, the UCF startup company. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Um, like That was really cool to come out as an Iron Man. Um, so I'm very excited about that. I, 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 I don't know what to expect. I don't want to go in with high expectations or, or I don't know. I'm just kind of waiting. I, know I haven't it, been let down by Joss Whedon movies yeah, as of well. yet. I know I'm excited about it because I've started thinking up my own promotional stuff for the show. Oh, well that's good. Like, sure, just like what? Well, specifically yesterday, I was thinking they should put just James Spader voiceovers at like metro stops and stuff. Like, <laughs> just have Ultron start talking over the tinny. <laughs> yeah. And then just you know, people wouldn't really understand what's going on, but you, if you were a fan, you would just get chills thinking, oh my God, it's the voice of Ultron. Oh my God. So many Disney. strings. At Disney, on the, make his face the fucking beginning, the head of the monorail. Have a oh monorail my voice. And then, and then the doors close and it's him. Oh. Although that'd be, that would be of, amazing. That'd be hilarious to see James Spader just start riding off some Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, a, that would be fantastic. Yeah, you would just get chills and, and everyone would talk about it. It'd be great oh, promotion. That's a great idea. I, and surprisingly, Disney is not doing that. Or if they are, we don't know about it. But that's, that makes a lot of sense. I think it would scare the shit out of some people. They'd be like, oh, God, the monorail's going to go off the rails. <laughs> it's self-aware. <laughs> um, you guys seen the new Mad Max uh, Fury Road oh, trailer? Oh, yes. Oh, it's so good. 
You know, I, I haven't been a huge Mad Max fan. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen any of them. But the spectacle in the trailers <laughs> yeah. will make you a fan just that's, from the trailer. That's all you need. I know. No, I, I'm there. If I'm you are going to watch this movie for its content, you need to go somewhere else. <laughs> if you're here to watch it for plots, no. Yes. If you're here to watch it for <laughs> yes. crazy car, car crashes, insane stunts, and the potential for uh, a tornado car fight sequence with lightning and fireworks. Exactly. I, I, and a no, guy I, with a guitar listen, on top of a truck. My body is ready. All right? <laughs> Thank you, Reggie. Thank <laughs> you, Reggie. I just, that movie, I, I'm very excited about that. And again, like I said, I, I'm not been a big Mad Max fan, but it's it's making me a newer uh, fan. Um, what else? The uh, Terminator Genesis trailer, I watched it again. The one from the Super Bowl? I think it's the newer one because it seems a little different. They gave a little more exposition about what was going on. I still just don't quite understand what old man Schwarzenegger's doing in that thing, but you know, I'll go see it probably just because Matt Smith's got his little role. And, yeah, I don't a, know. I like Terminator I, movies. I look back at it and I think, you know, there's a solid reason why James Cameron was willing to part with that one and just kind of let it go. Because two movies in, they've pretty much told the story that you needed to tell, and everything since then, it just feels like they've just been tacking on and trying to build a new level, and it's not there. I did read today that Joss Whedon tried to buy the rights when they went through bankruptcy on this. Yeah, but apparently, like, the mitigation court said the bid was way too low, and it was worth more than that, but... He put out like a couple grand for I think it. I remember that. <laughs> I'll give you the change in my pocket. Yeah. But... Well, that was before he had Marvel money. <laughs> That's true. I, that would have been really good to see what he would do with it. Um, Tomorrowland, that trailer looks pretty interesting. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of them making Disney movies of their little rides and things, but the fact that it's like Tomorrowland, which is one of my favorites in Magic Kingdom, and the uh, George Clooney playing some weird role. And uh, Hugh Laurie. Oh, in there as well. Oh, I do love Hugh Laurie. Indeed. Oh, well, so I'm excited about that. And Jurassic World, of course. Nah. No, come on. No. Well, Chris come Pratt on. plus dinosaurs. Come and on. And he's leading a charge of raptors. That's awesome. That's yeah. kind of cool. Oh, come on. It, I also it like Jurassic Park feel 3, a little so. fan servicey, like but Jurassic Park 3. it'll do okay. And hey, there's a bigger, nastier dinosaur that they have to it's, face off against. It's a T-Rex with full-length arms. That way he's not limited <laughs> by his tiny arms anymore. Oh, Is he still a vegetarian, though? No. 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 Well, that's better. Then. Um, and Fantastic Four, I'll throw that in there just because, you know, it's going to be a big... I don't know if it's going to be a shit show. I'm curious with the choice of Philip Glass doing the soundtrack. <laughs> What that exactly portends? Lots of lots of just repetitive things. But you know, he did tubular bells, right? No, that's Michael. That's Michael. Philip Glass is just very repetitive, and and it's minimalism. It's meant to be. But like, I just don't know what that means. It's going to be like, I don't know. I'm curious. Can you guys just keep doing that for like 30 seconds? I'll hear intro music for the episode. And then we're going to use this for 40 gay, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what are the movies? Is there anything else coming out this summer we're excited about? I mean, uh, any good movie? Any good movies that we're excited about? I need to see a list. I yeah, mean, I looked up these earlier and I was like, eh. they play trailers so far in advance now, and you see them over and over <gasps> that by the time they get here, when does Spectre come out? Is that that's not? That's probably not until next year. <laughs> I think it's 2016 because they just showed a teaser trailer for that. I just. Oh. But it was good, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was, it was so good. And that was that's a, there's a lot of little scenes in it. They 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 show a lot. It's amazing when you have 
more or less a cohesive story from Casino Royale on so yeah. far. And they've hinted, they've paid off with continuations of everything from that. I uh, I just, I watched some of the old Bond recently, like uh, Sean Connery era. And then a little... Ah, the, the good misogynistic stuff. Oh my god, yeah. But it was still great. And watching Kingsman especially made me really miss like the Roger Moore era. And like, I think, I think at some point soon I'm going to have to go back and just mainline old James Bond movies because... Like our dad would that that's all he watched. I that mean, was that was weekend viewing. Oh my god! He would, although my, our dad was also a freak because he was a Roger Moore fan, and so mm-hmm. when we were growing up, it was just widely considered that Roger Moore was the best one. And then you get older and you realize, oh my god, he was the worst one. Yeah, it, it, I mean, but but in a in a very specific way. Like I can see why our dad likes it, but like now Sean Connery just uh, so good, and Daniel Craig I think is an excellent excellent James Bond. So. Timothy Dalton was kind of an odd fit. Yeah. I need to go back and watch those again just because, honestly, I appreciate him now much more having seen him in Penny Dreadful. Yeah. Which also comes back soon. Oh, thank God. And that show. Whew, that was a good show. That's a crazy show. That's I another one of those. I hope they continue the momentum that they had from the first season. Yeah, I think they will. Um, I don't know. We'll find out. So, uh, no other movies? Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I can think of on the top of my well, we will move on then. Okay. Uh, we have had a few questions pop up over the interwebs. As you know, we like to entertain these questions, whether they be about comics, video games, relationships. We're tech savvy on this podcast. We are. Um, technology. I don't know. Whatever you'd like to ask us, of course, you can email us at flameonshow.com. Uh, it's Brian at Flame On Show, Jared at Flame On Show, Jeff at Flame On Show. We'll get Adam at Flame On, at Flame on Show. Eric and Oral still have at Flame On shows. They check them probably sometimes. It would mean a lot if anybody would email me ever. I'll email you later tonight. How's that? <laughs> that doesn't count. Oh, and we also have the Twitter, so you can tweet at us at Flame On Podcast because we like being different. But we did get a question. It's from our friend BJ. He's actually a friend of ours in town here. And he asked if you could date a villain of the opposite sex or the same sex, who would it be and why? So New guy that- goes first. Well, I'm trying to run through like all the like comics and video games. Yeah, that's a lot true. to he choose from. Yeah. Right. He doesn't specify. Just he, yeah, villain. just real life villain. Well, let's Any start sexy with this. Dictators you what know villains have you found attractive in whatever media? I'm inclined to go like Lex Luthor or which one? Gene Hackman, right? Gene Hackman. <laughs> comics, comics. Okay, no, yeah. No, like, oh, well, fine. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg. <clears throat> Uh, oh, twinkish. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I... First, not going with Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Again, though, which one? Uh, uh, the one that he he portrayed. Uh, yeah, there's a a little cosplay action going on with that one. Um, Those picks will be eventually up on Flame on Show. Great. Was it, <laughs> with, was your, it, with your consent, of course. Was it, was it ancient Egypt in Savanur with like the the giant loincloth? No, thing? no, no, no. That, that would have been great. That would have been fun. Well, too. now we say that. Uh, now we don't want to spoil anymore. But there, okay. there, there, there okay. are maybe pictures coming. Uh, but no. So like uh, Lex Luthor, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I, I always forget the character's name, like every single time. But from Watchmen, Ozymandias. Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, or Doctor Manhattan. No, Ozymandias. Okay. Uh, the Looks, body, haired. money, wealth, prestige, homicidal do, tendencies, do the bad thing Genocidal to save. Tendencies. Yeah, that. Can I say that's okay? 
Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. That, we're basically talking zone. about what villain you're. Yeah, right. I mean, if I had to choose bad. a villain, I'd choose one that's going to do the wrong thing for the right reason, I think. Okay. Jared, do you have a preference on a villain? Um, I can't really think of a, a villain that I found particularly attractive. Um, I don't know. Saruman? I mean, you... It's not that I, I want him, I want to be him. Oh, okay. It's, so there's a single it's, white female element to it's, it. It's more of like a, a man crush on Saruman. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. If I was to go with a villain, uh, off the bat, I'd probably say Hans from Frozen. Interesting. Else, please don't kill me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> going with the Frozen reference. That's good. Okay. Jeff? Uh, well, let's see. Opposite sex, I could say... I mean, that's the problem with Marvel comic book villains, is they're all drawn proportionately appealing. Uh-huh. Big boobs and a big butt. I mean, sure. black cat, fantastic. Yeah. Um, White queen. White well, queen. Yeah. She's giving it Pits away McGee. too much, <laughs> She really does. She, yeah, I mean, the, 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 especially the but Grant the Morrison days. can do in your head. Ugh. Psychic oh, yeah. affair. Yeah. <laughs> no messy Psylocke, cleanup. <laughs> Psylocke had her had her run with Claremont yeah. with the sexy outfits. That's mm-hmm. about it. Um I swore of a challenge to go with the same sex. Okay. Mr. Sinister. Oh. Ooh, that's Ow. creepy. Ooh. Goatee and everything. Oh yeah. Soul well, you know, patch goatee, the eighteen hundreds Mr. Sinister. Nice. They did Nathaniel Essex. They did a uh uh he regenerated as a I woman. Know. Okay. I, I read that. That was during uh what's his name? Uh not Fraction. Was it no, Fraction? The, no, it was... Uh, Kieran guy, Gillen. Kieran Gillen's yeah. run. Yeah, I love Ms. that. Sinister. That was really awesome. I wish they had stuck with well, it. there you go. That's both. That's the answer to both. I like it. Mr. and Ms. Sinister. I like it. Let me go uh, in in the spirit of your both genders. Uh, I will have... See, White Queen's too much. But I... And this is ridiculous, and I, Pat's going to kill me for saying this, but I would say Jean Grey, because I had to do Fancy Myself... Somewhat like a Cyclops, sort of like Cyclops. But, you know, maybe with a clone, do Madeline Pryor. Do you, you find yourself kind of Cyclops? I, I've always liked Cyclops. Goblin Queen? I mean, you are. Yeah, sure yeah, but it's a Goblin I mean, Queen. Yeah, yeah kind of that's dick, pretty so. sexy. <gasps> <laughs> Listen, I have my moments, all right? <laughs> no, um, but, but now for male, I will say it comes down to, uh, Magneto. Joseph Magneto or hell no hell no not with the long hair long bl- no silver hair actually I like kind of the short white hair short cropped you know old school Magneto but I like the new Magneto that's sort of like bald and the Jim Lee run yes that was yes. when he looked probably the most yep I'll go with that yeah. and then also Doctor Doom and only the way Hickman writes him because. Doom is a very smart villain. But is that more of the Saruman thing where it's you no, have the man crush because you more want to be no, him? No, because I, I, no, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a villain. But if I were to want to be with a villain, I think it would be someone like Doom. Mm. It has, they have to be a smart villain. And I think Magneto is also pretty, pretty damn smart. You know, he's wily. Yeah. And I like the way, uh, what's his name plays him in the movies. Oh, uh, Fastbender? And, uh, Ian yeah, McCallum. I was going to say, that's not so bad. Both of them do, I think, a great Magneto. I've always said Ian McKellen is one of these kind of guys, a little outside my age range, but if, you know, the opportunity presented itself, I mean. You wouldn't say no. It's Ian McKellen. I mean, come on. It's, he would be know. flattered, I think. Stephen Aww. Fry's in that little boat oh, there. Oh, you star fucker. I'm just saying, <laughs> you no. star fucker. It's not because they're famous. Stephen Fry just married about 10 years younger than you. No offense. I'm too old for him. <laughs> but they both, they both, I, I have such admiration for both of them that that sort of does it. It's not the star thing, mm. but it helps. But it helps. It helps. 
Um, so that was uh, BJ's question. Now, uh, Stephen, Ma- uh, I'm going to say his name right, Stephen Mori, because I always screw his name up, uh, asked a really good question about what, if money and time were no object, what comic or other conventions would we want to go to? And I will say, I'll start with this, because there's a whole list of them that I want to get around to as soon as possible. One is our friends out Geeks Out. They're doing FlameCon. Not to be confused with Flame On. FlameCon up in New York uh, in, in June, and I'd love to go to that, but I'm still sort of on the fence. BentCon, which Jared has made it to once before, and every year people ask us, are you going to be there? Are you coming this year? So if I can come this year. Well, and I, I want to go too. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, yeah. um, and you've said as much. Gamer X, I mean, our friend Matt Con, like, I, I just got to see the craziness. I got to know the, the craziness that is, is the Gamer X show. But a lot of people enjoy. I know our friend Austin has been to that and really enjoyed it. Um, Dragon Con, if I could do it right and get a hotel down near the stuff. And, and that's probably to, the well, easiest one to shoot for. Well, but the hotels are sold out so like the after day after. this Dragon Con ends, you uh-huh. get your hotel and then you go to the next one. You no, know, right. basically that's what you have to do. It really is. It's ridiculous. So, um, so Mel, uh, Mel's cousin has gone to multiple and he always dresses up. Let's yeah. see what his trick is. Uh, he, a lot of people crash at people's that they can. Or they commute in, which is what we did last year. But. The one time I went, we ended up with 12 people in a oh, two-bedroom. See, I can't do that anymore. I just can't. But the other one I would love to go to, um, and I've been in Baltimore. Uh, we, we went a couple years ago, and we had a lot of fun. And uh, we just did an interview with Dean Haspiel uh, for our last episode. And he's going to be at Baltimore, so I'd really like to go to that. Uh, see him. I don't have as much interest in San Diego. A lot of people, I think, really would want to go to like San Diego. I, you know, New York was such similarly like that experience of media and all this craziness that I don't know. San Diego, I just, I, I just have a weird vibe about it. Uh, C2E2 is another show that's really good for creator types. Am these I stealing are clearly, all the good shows? No, it's just funny. You just clearly you put some thought into this before. Well, he's got a ready to go list. The giant Santa yeah, it's like, well, nice since list. you asked. Starting from the They're on my hit list is yeah. why. I mean, Heroes is the one I definitely love going to every year. It's a great show. Megacon because it's here, you know. Even though mm-hmm. it's not my favorite show because it's so busy and media celebrity centered. It's funny and, to say because Megacon, there was a few years ago when it was like, is it going to keep going? Oh, I know. Well, now I just wish they would run the space better. Oh yeah, yeah. just the use of space drives me insane. Oh yeah, that and, was what was great about uh, the Baltimore one. Is it was? I mean, I, I know you've always said the one in was it South Carolina? Heroes. That's the one. That's the one. No, it's, the, it's it's Charlotte, North Carolina. North Carolina. That's the one. Like that's the big secret that people don't really. know oh, yeah. about. There's just tons of great creators. They hang out. It's small. Yeah. No, but Baltimore great. was like that too. Like we saw a really good uh, lecture about uh, the Comics Code mm. put on by uh, Jim Van Lenty, mm-hmm. and it was, it was great stuff. And not just your typical convention fair. Yeah. So I would want to go to Essen Games Festival in Germany. Oh, well, I forget what the actual name nice. is, but never... board, that's a board game like the international thing. Since gotcha. money's no object, I yeah, love Germany. That's true. Uh, and I would definitely want to go to PAX one year. Yeah. The yeah. first PAX, year I I had plans. No, just the original. Just the original one? in Seattle. Yeah, well, money is no object. I've never gone. Yeah, I think I would love it. I'm afraid I might finally get there and have aged out and be. The awkward guy. Oh, so I, I want to get there while I can still be relevant. GDC. I would have loved to have gone to GDC. Oh yeah, E3 would be fun just for the spectacle. Yeah, Gamescom would be great. Uh, I love Star Wars Celebration the year that I went here in Orlando, so I would go back to that. Yeah, 
What about Tokyo Game? Tokyo Game Show? Ooh, game show yeah. That'd be yeah. fun. That would be fun. I would go to one of those cell phones. So we're kind of getting away off topic. But the cell phone shows, uh, what is it? Uh, Pat would know. It's, he always follows it every time they do it. They announce the new Samsung phones. And all well, like that. CES? No, it's not CES. It's in like the But that would be fun, winter. too. That would be fun. Yeah, CES would be amazing. Uh, yeah, those are kind of shows, I think. It's one of those, like, you'd almost do, like, a, a Grateful Dead touring thing, like, where you would just go around Yeah, you really could fill your whole year with it. Yeah. People do. Money's no object. <laughs> that's, you know, that, that's what these artists do. They they put themselves up in the cheapest way they can. And they, my, my former coworker who I just see Bianca. just jet-setting. Oh, and, you know Bianca, right? I do. I love Bianca. I hear you have yeah, a contact at IGN. At Best Buy. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to reach out to our, our friend there, a baby bear. Um, yeah, and our friends, uh, so Bianca and we got Charles Houston. We've all got friends who are artists. Well, no, 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 but I mean, they're all, they're all going to MegaCon this weekend. Danny Haas, um, very, uh, Charles Thurston, obviously Chuck Houston, Charles Thurston. So, that, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing them even though they're local. Um, uh, but they're really cool. So thanks for the questions, BJ and Steve. Uh, anything gaming wise really going on? I have not played a game since we bought Mario Party 10. And has sat there and not been played. Pat may have played it without me. That's, that's because you times. cherish your relationships. With your <laughs> yeah, I guess that's it. But I think it's just no, I would love to play more. Busy. But honestly, <clears throat> I played a couple times. I'm curious because we didn't actually get to get to try the regular mode. It just kept being Bowser mode. And the person playing the Bowser mode the times that we played it reveled in it a little too hard. Um, do I know that person? You might know them via somebody. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. But, my God, when you have the wrong person playing in the mode like that, that will... Ruin the fun. That'll make you want to punch somebody in the face. Yeah. Ooh. So, like, uh, playing Smash Brothers Brawl. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's dangerous. <laughs> but at least Smash Brothers, there's a level of insanity that... Yeah, and then you laugh about it in this next round. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. Um, uh, what yeah. else? We're just going to mention the uh, PlayStation Plus games for this month, April. What is it? Uh, Tower of Guns is coming. It's it's kind of like uh, games with gold for Xbox and PlayStation Plus are playing off each other. Like, we're, we're giving you four games instead of three. We're giving you six games. Arms so, race. I love yeah, it, it really you know, is great. You're, but you know what I found is actually, and I had PlayStation Plus for years, and I technically I still have it for the two years, even though I sold my PlayStation 4. <laughs> the PS Plus system. And I think you complained about it when I got you a membership for one year. Like, well, what happens when my membership ends? Do I get to keep the games? Nope. Xbox Live or the Games for Gold? You keep the games. Really? I think that changed, though. I'm not sure. I'm pretty because that's why they don't have any great games. They give you little throwaway digital games still. Uh, Um, I forgot the other one for PlayStation Plus for this week or for this month, but the. Xbox Live games of gold. You get Terraria if you don't have that yes. on another system. I heard that's a lot of fun. Um, it is really really fun. Man, Even on Xbox, sink. yeah, oh, you yeah. can just spend all the time there. Um, the Child of Light sequel. for Xbox One. Child of Light. Yeah, it's, it's a, an RPG. It's a fun. Has anybody stroller. played the Final Fantasy uh, that came out? Type Zero. Yeah, and then the no. the preview of fifteen. I really want to play the preview of fifteen. I've watched someone sit and play it. It looks great. It's yeah. People are like, well, this isn't fantasy. It's too modern. But well, but it's, they get it's to modern, change it's the magic setting. realism. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, sure, I saw one of the summons in 15 on the demo. Oh, I heard that's oh, ridiculous. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, so this is where I probably will buy, because I haven't bought a new console. I mean, I have the Wii U. That doesn't really count. I will probably buy a PS4 when this comes out. Because that's, that's the kind of game that I like at least starting to play, even if I had to drop it very quickly. So I'm, or if they do it for both platforms, then I may have to. I think make it is a hard choice. It's going to be a multi-platform. I don't think Square does uh, exclusives for their Final Fantasy anymore. Okay, yeah, that's right. Well, anyway, I'm I'm torn because I don't know which one I would go with. 
Unless it was an exclusive. But. I just bought Grand Theft Auto Five again today for Xbox One. Mm-hmm. And I was going to buy a PC version because they've said, like, they've put out videos. It's going to be amazing graphics and 60 frames a second at 1080p. A much and anticipated and delayed, but yeah. supposedly worth it. Uh, but ultimately, I looked at my, my list of people I could play the game with and said, you know, I have a bigger option for multiplayer on Xbox One. Yeah. And that just means I have to take a hit on graphics, but it's not that big of a hit. Do you, did you guys see the thing where if you could find a way like to hack in and get your, get like a free car? They no. had some, some, some exploit, you could get a free car. It was some nice fancy car, whatever. I know that when they when they released GTA Online, it was kind of like the the all the different games that have launched for online compatibility, and yeah. it's never gone well. And they were just saying, okay, well, here's five hundred thousand dollars in game money. Oh, wow. to make up for us not having a good launch. And so now it's like a standard. Everybody starts with that. Well, this deal is it's an exploit. just like real life. Yeah. Welcome to the world. Here's $500,000. So what happened was the Rockstar found out that people were doing this. And as soon as they logged in, they blew them up in the game. Nice. So uh, I thought that was kind of a funny way to address their little exploit. Seems fitting. Yeah. Um. I, speaking of games, I can go back and finish uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, Shadow of Mordor? Yeah, I never yep, finished I this. didn't either. I got like right towards the end where I had all these orcs working for me and I was doing my hand, doing the big white hand thing. I it just stopped. got, I started playing it again after the podcast and I actually started, I finally got to the second half of the map. Yep. And Which then, is really pretty. I mean, I. Oh, it's gorgeous. I, I was, was shocked. Yeah. I'm like, the first half of the game is all bleak and devastated and it looks nice. A but lot it's of mud colors. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's like gorgeous, like trees and grass and yes, yeah, it was pretty. So yeah, it's it's one of those, and I know it's it, a game of the year contention last year, but yeah, it was just it was so good, but it didn't stand out. Yeah, it didn't didn't break any any trends or anything. It was just, it yeah. was just a really good game. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to comic books, and comic books we're going to keep pretty short this week. Uh, obviously Eric and Oral are bread and butter comic aficionados. Well, it helps when you work for a comic it book It does, and you get to read for free. But um, I have read a few books, and I just want to talk briefly about them. The first one, and this is the beginning of the crazy Converge Secret War conflation on in Marvel and DC. Uh, they had Convergence Zero. I think I had seen for a DC. picture for that. For DC. And this <laughs> book I actually did enjoy, although it was kind of weird. It has Superman and about 20 to 30 different incarnations of brainiac okay and this is basically on their like blood moon or battle world or the hell they call it and it's like all the different realities that have been come and gone in dc Mm -hmm. their cities are just deposited in this world and the uh, collector i think is the guy ultimately he's like a manifestation of the planet he is putting or 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 the worlds or the the cities are going to fight each other to see who gets put back into reality uh, I don't have a lot of high hopes for this series only because the creative teams are all fairly, uh, if they're not like old classic, like Lynn, Lynn, we, uh, Lynn, Lynn Ween is going to be one of them. And, and I, I like his stuff. That'll be interesting. But a lot of other like, you know, Jeff Loeb's and I don't know, C and D list DC writers and like some could be fun and they're getting to play with characters and realities that we haven't seen in a while. But I just, uh, I don't know. It's only two months, though. And then they start whatever the new New 52 is. Which, what were the guidelines for that? It was not going to be restrictive anymore, and they were going to let people write what they wanted to write. It's the Harley all those Quinn. books are starting over. They're all, well, they're, they're kind of resetting their stories, some more than others, just like with New 52. But the idea is, you know what? 
We're not going to be as uh, editorially driven to fit storylines. So we're, we're not going to be chasing writers and artists out the door right. as quickly mm-hmm. as we did They before. love what happened with Harley Quinn and what happened with Batgirl. Both are sort of outside continuity to, to a large extent. But, you know, they're the same characters, just a newer version of them, and they're more fun. Which is basically what Marvel's been doing without making a lot of fuss. Right. So uh, I'm very excited about seeing what comes out of that. But, yeah, Convergence Zero, and I think the... The convergence starts now, so all the DC storylines are kind of wrapping up. Convergence did introduce me to my new favorite DC character because I'm is, more of a Marvel guy. Yeah. Uh, apparently, there's someone named Buster Gold. Booster, oh, Booster Gold. I'm sorry. Okay, Booster. But he's got a sidekick named Skeets, and that's yes. just funny enough in itself Skeets, that it's Skeets, my Skeets, new favorite. Yeah, Skeets. Yep, it Skeets. Is pretty kind of. Funny. Know nothing about it. I, I did wiki it, but Skeets, Skeets is my new Skeets, favorite. Skeets, Skeets. Thanks, Convergence. That is not what it means. Ah, that's what it, this is his name. It's Skeets. His name is Skeets. Yeah, that predates David Chappelle, but you know, Chappelle is playing Orlando. So. All right. Oh, here, ho- hopefully he won't get hit in the face with a banana. <sighs> Man, that guy can't catch a break. So another big DC book, um, they ended all the weekly stuff. They ended Batman Eternal. They ended, uh, what's the uh, crazy one? Uh, Earth 2 uh, and then Future's End. They ended all those. And from what I've read, even though I wasn't actually following any of them directly, they all just kind of went, eh. Earth 2 had such strong promise, Oh, too. man. Earth 2 could have been. Before, what's-his-name left? Well, Tom Taylor was really good. Oh, so, he actually so, carried yeah, it pretty well? Robinson was good. Tom Taylor, in some ways, elevated it because he made it more exciting. He introduced the evil Superman, which was kind of cool, even though that was very much like the uh, the video game thing. Oh, Injustice. Injustice. Which he was writing that series as well. Which we didn't even talk about. Mortal Kombat X comes out next week. Okay, we're just... I don't... Oh, it's so good. Is it? Yeah. I just don't. I love nine. Yeah. I never story mode. Nine. Just a story mode. I never played nine. Um, but Multiversity also is winding up. And this book this week or last week or whenever it came out, Ultra Comics. Uh, for those of you who know, Multiversity is a universe spanning epic uh, set in the DC continuity. Let's see, Ultra. Was that the Supreme? No, it was Image. Yeah, no, that's something else. Ultra, though, in this, this thing is our universe, Earth 33. And so the whole Ultra Comics is what if our universe created a comic book character that came to life as a superhero. In fact, the superhero, his name Ultra Comics, he is the living manifestation of a comic book. And so this is where Morrison gets crazy and does all his meta stuff. Gets crazy. Yeah. No, no. It's very cool and meta and awesome and weird. And Bitch moved to Crazy Town 20 years ago. If you (laughs) like Morrison, you need to go get Multiversity and specifically the Ultra Comics and then the first issue. This Ultra Comics is also the comic book that in the story is what has been infecting people with this force from outside the universe that's like the, the gentry. They're like this evil, malevolent force that is taking over all realities. So uh-huh. there's the whole meta. It's the it's, nothing. Yeah. It's the monster at the end of this book, too, a little bit. Uh, but no, it's, it's, it's in fact, that actually does happen. There's a monster at the end of the Anyway. So it, it's just Morrison just, goodness. It's a smoke monster. No, that's, that's no cost <laughs> lame. Come on. That's lame. Speaking of image, you also mentioned earlier um, death and dying, dying and Yeah, the dead. so so Morrison's Texas? Almost. Morrison's <laughs> one of my favorite writers. Two, flux now. But right up there with him is Jonathan Hickman. And so over on the image side of the house, Dying of the Dead issue two came out, and it's kinda like if they took Warren Ellis's red okay. and mixed it with a little bit of a spaghetti western sort of quality and this city of immortal 
beings that are buried under the earth and set you out on an adventure. It's it's kind of cool. So they all use manatees of... with balls with suggestions written on them, and then just kind of the South Park <laughs> no. Family Guy non sequitur. No, this thing. is the this is the elevator pitch the speech kind of thing, but it's actually good. I mean, I cite Red because it starts in an old folks' home, and the guys in there they're just kind of complaining about how the medicine isn't very good and how since Medicare they've just da 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 da. And then one of them turns out to be a badass assassin guy, and there's there's some awesome stuff. I mean, Hickman Hickman takes those tropes and actually makes them fun. I think okay. so. So it's been really good. Second issue, and Ryan Bodenheim, who did Secret with him, uh, I think this book really gives Bodenheim a chance to shine as an artist because Secret was kind of just plain. I didn't feel like the the vistas or the the situations were that exciting. A lot of people just talking to each other. This has got that too. But when you see like DC or you see the underground city, you see all this cool stuff that he gets to draw it's it's pretty neat so um sounds like an interesting book uh marvel is doing of course uh their sort of time runs out thing with avengers and they're doing stuff in like the x books and the space books are doing a black vortex i have a question about marvel Mm -hmm. they just put out a graphic novel yes rage of ultron what the fuck i haven't read it do you see the big payoff, the what happens at the end? No. with Okay, never mind. Well, and I, We I, can't talk about that! <laughs> well, I do want to read it because it's Rick Remender. Right, but then so there was I mean, also the, the end result. There's the question of when does this take place? Before Secret Wars or after Secret oh, Wars? Oh, before. Before. Because what happens at the end of it is kind of a big deal that oh. if they undid it by the Secret Wars, yeah. it's like, okay, that was all for nothing. But Secret Wars, the way they're posturing it, it's... Everything ends, and then Secret Wars begins. Right. So you can do pretty much whatever you want in current continuity, and it can be easily shifted around in Secret Wars or yeah, after Secret Wars. because in this, I mean, I, I don't want to I don't say. care. What is it? Tell me. Uh, they have... Spoiler alert? Yeah, well, yes. We've given that. I mean, <laughs> spoilers, spoilers, If you're spoilers, still spoilers. sitting here listening, you've been spoiled. Ultron and Hank Pym merge. Oh, all right. So now Ultron has a human heart. Interesting. And he's floating out in the deep... Uh, edges of space with a beating heart and Hank Pym is gone. Hank Pym is no more because Hank Pym and, er, and Ultron have merged as one. Which is interesting because Hank Pym is a small but pivotal part of the Avengers stuff that leads into Secret Wars. Right. So this is probably an out of Very small. Thing. Well, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's is it out of con- That's what everybody who read it seems to go, is this important? Because this seems like a big important thing by the end of this book. Yeah. I don't know. I do want to read it though because again, Rick Remender is... I mean, they have an Ant-Man movie coming. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. sure part of that is by design. And the Ultron thing, of course. There's another book, and I forgot what it's called, but it's, um, what's his name? Al Ewing is writing it, and Alan Davis is drawing it. And mm. it had a, it had Ultron something, too. I don't know. But it just looked not as interesting. Anyway, it's, it's set in the future. So when Secret Wars happens, we'll see. I don't know. I'm still kind of shaking my head at all the crazy stuff coming out of the announcements about Secret Wars. <laughs> and even though I'm far more excited about Secret Wars than I am um, DC's Convergence, I just am still like, I may drop a lot of Marvel after it or oh. during it. I, that is the time. What I've been reading about the Black Vortex is it just seems like fan fiction brought to life. Yeah, Black Vortex has not been the strongest. Storms fighting with Gamora. Yeah. Like, well, but I mean, that's what a lot of this stuff is. You take all those characters and you just mix them up in a new combination. Is this still but being written by uh, Bendis? Bendis is writing parts of it, but he's doing it with Sam Humphreys and Jonathan Lehman, who's doing Cyclops and... I think one other writer, the guy who, oh, Kelly C. DeConnick, who's writing Captain Marvel. I mean, they're have, sharing the, the job. Well, have they said what's going to happen with the X-Men? I mean, I know they've hinted at. Well, Alonzo, so he got into maybe a little trouble. He was like, 
oh, the X-Men are going to have a whole new world built around them. And da 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 And people are like, oh, my God. So you are doing that. You're doing it? You're shunting them off into your Your heroes reborning the X-Men? So I don't know. But he, he clarified that it, it's not quite that. But I bet you it is something. You know, the, the theory that's been out there forever is that they're going to shunt them back in time. So they're going to be, like, with sort of a separate continuity, but earlier in the Marvel history kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which, eh, I don't know. But that's certainly... Sounds like it could be that. Just, you know, until Marvel re-secures the rights to the movie franchise. Then they'll <laughs> bring them right back. Yeah, pretty much. I did read in Human Zero, by the way. Uh, the art's really good. It's uh, McNiven. That's a strong recommendation. No, no. Yeah, I read it. Art's really well, good. Well, no. See, the thing is, I like Black Bolt. And if you like Black Bolt, it's a good story. Okay. But again, it's one of these things where these books are just starting. Like, zero. Yeah. And then Secret Warriors is... Or Secret... Uh, not Secret Warriors. Secret uh, Wars is going to happen. And it's like... What's going to happen? The book's yeah. just started. When you announce a, a big Marvel or a big universe-shattering event like that, it's like, okay, does anything I read right now even matter? Well, supposedly, the only books that are going to continue unscathed are like Howard the Duck. Because you know. Well, because you know. Uh, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Because you know. Actually, that's a lot of fun. She's yeah, awesome. Chance. She is awesome. Yeah, I yeah, love she's, it. She's good from Great Lakes Avengers. But, but she's it's... the book she's got, it's really funny. Um, lots of little tiny things at the bottom. I love that. Um, and then uh, Hawkeye, which is also excellent by uh, Ramon Perez and Jeff Is that the Lear. one that's switching every odd and even between Kate Bishop and... No, they're ending that. In fact, oh. they haven't quite. There's one more. Oh, that one has been so good. But the new one is actually really good because Ramon Perez adapted his style of art to fit um, AHA's style. And they're doing a back and forth where he, they're exploring Clint and Barney's past, which is also kind of cool. I think it's Barney. His Sounds brother? Right. Yeah. Think so. So I mean, it's actually the first issue came out before the last issue of the previous run of Hawkeye came out. Yeah, so it was really strange. It to understand. Is Fraction just done? Um, I don't know what Fraction's doing. I mean, he's doing his indie stuff that's unabated, but it's very odd because his Marvel stuff does seem to be drying up. Hmm. So if he is doing a new Marvel book, I, they may be they may want him to like get everything done ahead of time before they start soliciting. Uh, I don't know, but he will be at Heroes Con, so maybe I can find out. So that is a that is a strange ending to what would have been a very prolific Marvel career. Oh, absolutely! No, he's great. He's a great writer. So that's all we have. If you would like to find out more about us, flameonshow.com. By the time this airs, we will have an article featuring us and other Orlando gay geeks in the Watermark publication. So we'll be posting a link to that article online. Oh, here's an idea. If you'd like to see us play a drunk game video cast, send in your game suggestion. Oh yeah, and we'll see we if we can play it. That's good. No, actually, we want to like do that f- idea we, a lot. We want to do a flame on lock in, and part of that would possibly be a Twitch stream coming out of it. So, but let let the viewers pick the game. Pick board or a video within reason. Within reason. Yeah, don't give us some kind of obscure strip twister. The PT demo. That would be a very long, painful day. Uh, I don't know what that is. Uh, Silent Hills, the game that's probably not going to happen now. Oh. Oh. It's not like my fault Kojima's just I'm not quitting. pouting at you, I'm pouting at Brian. Uh, oh, I don't... We could do 40 gay. That's the game. Sure, we can do that. Oh, it won't die. No. But no, Um, and, and go back and check out our interviews with Detox and Dean Haspiel because they were both really awesome and we're really thrilled to get those kind of great interviews. That's all thanks to Pat. Basically tracking down these media handler people and getting them to commit to a time that dealing with managers and agents and whatnot. Yeah, and and, and we're getting to interview awesome people, so it's been a lot of fun. And Eric and Oral will be back. Uh, we hope very soon. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. And on that note, uh, flame off. Flame off.
Thanks for listening to Flame On, a podcast made possible by Powder Milk Biscuits, the ones in the blue box, a comic shop, and the generous support of tops and bottoms like you. If you want to be one of our sugar daddies, you can help out by telling a cute single friend about us, reviewing us on iTunes, or putting some dollars down our digital G-string in our monthly support drive. For more ridiculously entertaining and socially enlightening episodes of Flame On, as well as other fine programs, head on over to Nerdy Show. You can subscribe to Flame On and all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via iTunes. And be sure to find us on Twitter at Flame On Podcast or Facebook on our Flame On fan page. And make sure to check out FlameOnShow.com for more nerdy queer in your ear. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.